This thing might be bigger than even we think it is. Do you need an upgrade to the soundtrack to your life? Perhaps a song from a film or a tune from TV? My name is Gap. Exploding Head Movies is here to give you sounds from the cinema, along with the songs that will be defining your future, and those forgotten classics that need a little rescue. Monday, 7 9 p.m. on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. What time are we on air? This is Sir Reginald Wainsmere, composer of the film Too Many Tuesdays. You can hear my music and much more on Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7 on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
Good evening. Hyvää ilta. And a pleasant Monday evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematic listener. Yes, it is. Totally. The cinematically inspired program found on Vancouver's super and potentially duper community radio station CITR. The voice of the University of British Columbia on 101.9 FM. We broadcast at 590 watts from unseated Musqueam territory from the student nest on campus. And our signal takes us throughout the lower mainland. From Squamish to Bellingham, Washington, west across the Salish Sea, where our frequency races our friends over at UVic, CFUV. And then east into the Fraser Valley. In all these places, and wherever else the internet takes you, find us on the web, www.citr.ca. CITR Radio is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the various social media available via your computer, via your personal device, or perhaps what your friends tell you when they hear about such things. Yes, quite. My name's Gak, and I'll be running into the phone booth for the next two hours, so pardon me as any changes happen. And you believe... Programming radio will fly. Phone number for that phone booth, for those of you listening live, is 604-822-2487. That spells out U-B-C-C-I-T-R. Do keep it short and sweet and to the point. Since we're mixing everything live, apparently making up half of what we're saying when we screw up. You can email anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com with suggestions, comments, feedback, Submissions, requests, we'll see how favors can be curried and curries can be flavored. Exploding Hit Movies is on Facebook and Tumblr. Let's give your name on Twitter, at 100air, and on Instagram, it is Biopic Man. So we started out with Fever A from last year's album Plunge. That was the icily erotic to the moon and back. And Fever Ray is the solo project of one half of the former Swedish act, The Knife, Karen Dreyer. And since The Knife officially ended after 2013 album Shaking the Habitual, Fever Ray came back after Xur 2009 self-titled debut with uh, a song. It was a surprise lead single. So, to the moon and back whereby Dreyer explored her new life away from her brother, the other half of the knife, Olaf. And uh, also, she left her husband after a divorce, whereby uh, the married name Anderson was dropped and gender fluidity is embraced, hence why I've been using the pronoun XE and its various offshoots. Xer, uh... I can't conjugate that. Still learning. Doing my best. But if you're curious, XE is what uh, was adopted. Plunge came out in physical form this past February, and Fever Ray has been touring in support of it. And hopefully you caught the performance in town last Tuesday, as it felt like a drag queen catwalk that turned into a tropical disco sing-along. Wonderful six-piece band performing with all manners of costumes instrumentation and neon lights An amazing show with such a spectacle 
And in the background, this is the Finnish composer Pekka Airaksinen from the 2012 album Other Power. This is Simha. Ariaksinen has been a part of the Finnish avant-garde scene for decades, dating back to the 60s with his time and the band called The Sperm. Then he took a break from music in the 70s as he embraced Buddhism. They returned in the 80s using synthesizers as he kind of went into free jazz and uh, what we're listening to here. Most recent release was 2017's Vitamins. So sorry I missed you last week. It was Victoria Day here in Canada, and the student nest was closed. So hopefully you managed to enjoy yourself over that long weekend, along with the summer weather we have had up until this point. And, oh, happy Memorial Day, you American listeners. So, we're going to take up some of the music I was hoping to share last week. And uh, as a result of that, somehow we're going to play a whole bunch of music of bands that were in town last week. Partly because this week is relatively quiet. Not sure if it's tied to uh, the Sasquatch Music Festival happening in eastern Washington at the Columbia Gorge, or just how things are going. But don't you worry. Music Waste is coming next week. And perhaps some material can be catered to that, but we'll save that for another time. So, the recent news is that the Canadian actress Margot Kidder passed away. And she made her name playing Lois Lane in perhaps the definitive Superman film, which came out 40 years ago, starring Christopher Reeve. So this week, in dedication to her breakout role, we're going to listen to selections from John Williams' famous score, highlighting cues primarily that we associate with Kidder's reporter character. Touch upon a bit of the popular culture influence the comic book heroes had, but um, honestly, there's so much music tied to the original superhero, as it were. So... Maybe I'll figure out a substantial profile later. Superman! But uh, we'll lighten things up a bit, since uh, mostly I talk about death all the time. Let's talk about at least a recent birthday. And Brian Eno turned 70 years old a couple weeks ago, and the legendary non-musician, as he calls himself, has had a mighty presence in music ever since he debuted as the synth player for Roxy Music in 1971. His solo albums in the 70s were unimpeachable, unimpeachable after he left Roxy Music helped popularize ambient music, and ended up producing acts like David Bowie. Sorry, that's not right. David Byrne. Good work. But he also worked with David Bowie. Talking Heads, of which David Byrne is a part of, and who was in town last week. U2, Coldplay. He's done multiple art installations, and uh, his recent work on generative music, whereby computer programs write and perform music on its own. So we're going to listen to a recent Eno song. came out earlier this year. Part of his many collaborations work, and this, I think, is the first time he's worked with Kevin Shields with the shoegaze act My Bloody Valentine. And this is an A-side to a recent Opal 12-inch. Brian Eno and Kevin Shields with the weight of history. You're now listening to Exploding Head Movies Live from the realms of Studio A of your heavy little station that you know and love. is CITR 101.9 FM.
Club Cycling is hosting Bike to Work Week on May 28th to June 1st. Come out and celebrate bike commuting across Metro Vancouver. There will be 45 celebration stations offering free drinks, snacks, bike mechanic services, and great prizes. Along with winning prizes, participants help us work with local leaders to help improve cycling infrastructure in their communities. Check out bikehub.ca for more information. Blank Banshee, sampling Brian Eno's Windows 95 startup chime. A weird little solution to Eno's creative block at the time. When Microsoft commissioned him to make a 3.8 second song to evoke at least 150 adjectives. The piece of music should be inspirational, sexy, driving, provocative, nostalgic, and sentimental. And of course, ironically, composed on a Mac. So from 2012's Blank Banshee Zero, we heard Blank Banshee himself with B colon slash startup. Blank Banshee is the alias of Patrick Driscoll, originally from St. John, New Brunswick, but now based here in Vancouver. One of the pioneers of the vaporwave scene. And all pictures of him have him in masks. Most recent album from Blank Banshee was 2016's Mega. As for Brian Eno, his most recent album came out in 2016 called Reflection, based on some of the generative music that he's made, some of them available as apps for your phones, tablets, or other devices. And this year, released a box set called Music for Installations, tied to some of the pieces that he wrote for various art galleries and artwork therein. Keeping up with our bit of their experimental sound to the start of the show here. Behind me, this is Glenn Bronca. And off 1981's The Ascension, this is Structure. And Bronca was an avant-garde composer and guitarist who was part of the 80s experimental scene in New York. Known for his use of volume, alternate tunings, and drones as his guitar pieces built into massive, appropriately enough, structures. He founded the band that became known as Theoretical Girls in 1976, but since 1980, he released his own music under his own name, calling them symphonies with ensembles of guitarists and percussion. Some of the players including Thurston Moore and Lee Ronaldo of Sonic Youth, Paige Hamilton of Helmet, and then various members of Swans, including Michael Jira. 
Some of Braca's symphonies include a hundred electric guitars playing together, including Symphony Number no. 16, which came out in 2015. Alas, Glenn Bronca died of throat cancer May 13th this year. He was 69 years old. And we'll go back to some early Bronca from 1980. Off the album lesson number one. This is lesson number one for electric guitar. We'll follow up with uh, some 70s funk jazz tied into another recent death in the music world with another guitarist.
ITR and Mint Records have released their biannual collab, Pop Alliance Volume 5. This glamorous record features staple Vancouver artist Devours. Swim Team. Lord Fuckerman. Chris Arific. And so, so, so many more. Get your copy for only $15 on iTunes or at the Mint Records store now.
Recorded at Carnegie Hall in New York City in March 30th, 1974. That was Miles Davis with part two of Tattoo, otherwise known as Calypso for Limo. And that appeared on the Dark Magus album, originally released in Japan only back in 1977, but eventually released in North America 20 years afterwards, as Davis's electric funk phase finally took on a proper, proper critical perspective. Because at the time, everyone just figured Miles Davis should still just be playing his genteel jazz of the 40s and 50s, a little bop. So he got experimental and woke in the 60s and the 70s. He got freaky after listening to Sly Stone and Jimi Hendrix, as we heard there. Joining Miles Davis, who was playing not only the electric trumpet with a wah-wah pedal, but also the Yamaha organ, which we heard kick things off. There's Pete Cozy on electric guitar, Al Foster on drums. Also on electric guitar was Dominique Gaumont, Michael Henderson on electric bass, Azar Lawrence on tenor saxophone, Dave Liebman on soprano and tenor sax, James Matume on percussion, and then also on electric guitar, Reggie Lucas, who had to compete with Gaumont that night as Davis brought him in along with Lawrence for their first ever show with Davis. As an audition, because uh, Lucas had asked for a pay raise. Davis tested him out. Lucas kept working with Davis for a year or so afterwards, since uh, Lucas was hired when he was 18, back in 1972. But uh, with the percussion that person we heard, Matume, Lucas formed a production company, and they worked with Roberta Flack, Lou Rawls, and the Spinners, they wrote Stephanie Mills' 1981 hit, Never Knew Love Like This Before, which won two Grammys. And of course, Lucas also gained his profile by producing Madonna's 1983 self-titled debut, writing one of her early hits, Borderline. Of course, it would have been awesome if I had played both Stephanie Mills' song and Madonna, but hey, you have commercial radio to help you out there. In the background, this is Reggie Lucas with his own music of 1976's survival themes. This is Slewfoot. Lucas died May 19th this year due to complications from heart disease. He was 65 years old. Now, one of the final shows that happened at Red Gate along East Hastings was on Friday. And I'll talk about the actual finale later. And it was a record release party for local band Joe Past. And their debut album, Their Prime, came out through Sub Pop Records over the weekend. And joining them was Dumb and Little Sprout as they tore the roof off of Chip Wilson's upcoming latest project. Joe Pass is headed up by uh, Joe Hirabayashi. And there's some elements of the Beatles along with Sonic Youth XTC. And a little bit of Canon new in the mix there. And uh, quite a wide array of other musicians helping out. But the quartet known as Joe Pass makes some quality music. And uh, I was actually going to line up some stuff off the EP is that they released earlier. But uh, listen to their prime, and it sounds good. So off of their debut album, this is Joe Past with Repair. Prepare yourselves for repair. My name's Gak. This is Exploding Head Movies on CITR Vancouver. <laughs> Thank you. 
need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Master evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Chris Terrific. I always wanted his character to be bigger than life. Ladies and gentlemen, it is without question the greatest sports and entertainment event of all time. Be a part of it Monday from 1 to 3 p.m. The Parts Unknown Show on 101.9 CITR. Sometimes cosmoses collide. Break your fingers!
Kellarissa. In the basement. In Finn. From her latest album, Ocean Electro. We were too drunk to be afraid. Kellarissa recently finished up a cross Canada tour with Devours. One of the acts on a CITR Mint Pop Alliance Volume 5, which came out a few months ago. But uh, Kellarissa has already hit the road up again playing with Leaf Hall. Perhaps you caught her at the Biltmore on Friday. Or perhaps maybe you caught her in either Victoria, Kelowna, or Winlaw. As she's now touring with Leaf Hall out of Seattle. Tonight they're playing Tubby Dog in Calgary. As they head to Edmonton, Regina, Saskatoon, and Winnipeg. Good bits of Western Canada on display there. But in case you missed all that, Calarissa will be part of the Catsilano Street Party. July 7th, along West 4th Avenue. So, as we get closer to those dates, we'll talk about some of the other acts playing there, because there's a solid lineup for that uh, Kits tradition. A good way to mark the midpoint of summer. And behind me, this is Minimal Violence, and this is the title track to a 12-inch that came out last year, Rapids, 2015 Sessions out through the Jungle Gym label. And Minimal Violence, great duo. Synth pop, kind of in that mood hut vein that we associate with Vancouver, like Mellow House. Two women make the music. Played a lot of their music on the show in the past. There's plenty more where that came from. So earlier we were talking about Redgate as the East Hastings location bid adieu over the weekend and uh, the big uh, send-off happened on Saturday as Alleyfest 2018 marked the last show both in and just outside of 855 East Hastings so if you haven't heard their billionaire landlord with a name you might associate with this city uh, squeezed out everything at this point, because yeah, gentrification is heading eastwards along Hastings there. And Alleyfest marked its third and final appearance there. And the backloading bay hosted many a band as the audience outside watched from the laneway, including Adrian and the Subs, who just wrapped up a bit of a Western States tour. Board Decor, part of Shindig last year. Dad Thighs, Eshuta connection to former music coordinator here, Andy Resto. And there's new Ashuda music coming out next week. Which I'll have to sort of dig up. Uh, Lie, Necking, Pale Red, Princess Apparently, Puzzlehead, Rambo, and the Wet Reality, Shearing Pinks, DJ Nikki Nine Figures was on the decks. And uh, there was a big special guest that came out to help all the proceedings out. And that was Carrie Brownstein, Sleater Kinney in Portlandia fame. So, quite the to-do. It was hot dogs, cold beers, bargain art, a massive, how the hell are we going to move all this stuff rummage sale? So, hopefully you managed to catch part of the show, pay your last respects, and maybe even participate at the evening dance party. So, thank you, Redgate. There is an offshoot location now on Granville Island, but we need more spaces like that. Safe spaces for... Audiences and uh, artists that don't cater to the mainstream. 
Uh, this is one other act that participated at Alleyfest. Champion Lawnmower. And we'll go with a track off of last year's Babies album. Champion Lawnmower. With teeth. Or retirement. You're listening to Exploding Head Movies here. Live. CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Online at www.citr.ca. All broadcasting on the unceded Musqueam territory. From Student Nest here on UBC campus. LGBTQ2I Night is a positive space for folks to learn about bike maintenance in a relaxed environment led by queer mechanics and volunteers. It takes place on the fourth Wednesday of every month at the Bike Kitchen on UBC's campus. Bring your own bike and fix them with our tools, come with questions and ask away, or learn by watching other folks work on their bikes. Beginners are always welcome. This event is entirely free to attend and there will be free pizza. For more information, visit bikecoop.ca.
Hopefully you caught them in town when they were played last Monday. Apparently I could have. I didn't realize it at the time. From Madrid in España. That was Heinz and off of their 2016 debut, Leave Me Alone. That was a song which translates from Spanish as Grounded in the Barn. Castigadas en el Granero. They have a new album that came out last month called I Don't Run. And they always sound so raucous and having tons of fun. In the background, this is the Dories. Great Toronto act. And this is sort of the lead song off of their 2016 album, Outside Observer. Referring definitely to a BC place, the Pit Hill Mine. No talk about a tailings pond leaking out at all. Stay tuned. We've got some more music for you and more wacky gackiness on Exploding Head Movies here on CITR Vancouver.
The annual Sled Island Music and Arts Festival returns to Calgary from June 20th to 24th, 2018. Discover over 250 bands, comedy acts, film, and art in more than 35 venues across the city. This year's festival features guest curator Deerhoof, innovative indie rock act Dirty Projectors, electronic innovators Mount Kimby, versatile folk pop duo Way Oak, futuristic hip-hop titans Shabazz Palaces, outsider pop tour John Mouse, and many more yet to be announced. Visit SledIsland.com for details, travel deals, and to get your festival pass. Behind me, this is Alphen, an off-latest release, Astrid, which came out this year through the Assembly Field label. This piece is the company I keep. All right, we got all the music out of the way from the acts that came to town the past week. Uh, attempts to find out what was going on this week, at least that fits in the usual show milieu. Didn't pan out, but... That's okay. As I mentioned before, next week it's Music Waste. Try to tailor some sounds associated with the acts performing as part of Vancouver's long-running music festival. It's fought off many a thing, Expo 86. Uh, the attempt with the Levitation music festivals. The scrappy East Van. Since 86 lives on. Now, there was a band that played Vancouver about a month ago or so, but uh, they've had some rough luck on their recent tour. It's Calgary's Preoccupations. They had some stuff stolen as part of the Vancouver date that at least managed to try to figure out what to do, but it was on May 15th when they were playing in San Francisco that they woke up and found everything of theirs was gone. Their van, trailer, all their gear, all their merch... And this was after they rebought a whole bunch of stuff to continue the tour. So from that, they ended the tour right now, trying to figure out what to do. But they started a GoFundMe to try to get new equipment, try to get them back on tour. We'll see how successful that all is. Because as we see with online fundraiser campaigns, generally they do work. Although it seems to be a substitute for lack of government funding or other corporate work. There's the crowdsource aspect, which is always touching. Similar to what we saw in the interior here in BC with Grand Forks and Osoyoos with all the flooding that passed through there. You think about various healthcare fundraisers out of the States. And of course you think about uh, some success stories like the Rio Theater remaining in the hands of those people that want to keep culture in town. What did I have? Oh, I lost something here. Anyways. But yeah, we'll play some new music from Preoccupations in honor of their plight. And uh, their new album, conveniently called New Material, kind of mixes up their sound a little bit more. So, I mean, the post-punk 
industrial elements are still there, but a little bit more of a melodic hook kicks in. And it works quite well. And the drag about them not touring right now is that they have a pretty good live set. I caught them last year. Intense stuff. And one thing I need to dig up is uh, preoccupations have a connection to the old Calgary band Women, which broke up after an acrimonious fight here in BC several years ago. But one of the members died in his sleep, and some of his posthumous ambient music came out. So something I have to explore and get more information on. Anyways, from new material, this will be preoccupations with a song that encapsulates my life completely. Disarray.
Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Song came out just a couple months ago. Hopefully, it's a harbinger of a follow-up album from their 2015 Dark Drives Life Signs. That was your East Van Garage Soul Act, The Ballantines, with a little song called "Villain." We have a new single out called "Downtown," available through iTunes and Spotify. 
So that means that Lati Da or whoever ends up pressing something. The Bear Mind villain self released. So perhaps new trails are in line for the septet. As I recall, villain is part of the CBC Lighthouse project, highlighting great Canadian music from up and coming acts. Now, behind me, this is Gordon Grandina as part of a project called The Marrow, of a new album that came out this year called Ejdeha. This is the Bordeaux Bender. If you haven't heard of Gurdina before, he's a local guitarist and oud player. It's kind of like avant-garde jazz music with a little bit of world leanings as evidenced by the oud. He's worked with Dan Magan in the past. He's part of the act Peregrine Falls. Plays a lot of shows in town. And of course, the upcoming Vancouver Jazz Festival. You'll see a lot of them here. So, next month towards the tail end of June, leading up past Canada Day. Expect all manners of wonderful jazz music. And uh, specific to Gord Gardina, he does have three shows in place. Uh, he's playing Wednesday, June 27th at Ironworks, along with Shazad Ismaili, Matt Maneri, and Christian Lillinger. So they'll be at the Ironworks at 9.30 p.m., then he'll be playing a seemingly a free show, although I'm confused what the website says because it's also $15 at the door, so good luck. Gordon Gardina's Square Peg, along with Jamin Honari and Itama Arez, and it'll be Thursday, June 20th at the China Cloud, which is the second floor venue in Chinatown itself on Main Street. And the aforementioned Peregrine Falls project with Kenton Lowen. They'll be playing together with Ken Vandermark and Jesse Zubat, Sick Boss and Fond of Tigers as part of the Drip Audio Night on Friday, June 29th at the Imperial. So, as Jazz Festival gets closer, we'll talk about some of the other acts that will be participating. Because the lineup this year looks outstanding. Think of acts like Kamasi Washington. Robert Plant's coming to town, too. And you have the Sons of Komet. Quality stuff. Showing you jazz isn't dead quite yet. No. Jazz is alive. Just ask Gavin. She'll be on at 9 o'clock here on CITR for your Monday evening. Uh, da, 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 da. What do we have next? Oh, yes. I should not sing aloud when I'm thinking. There's a Girls Rock Camp fundraiser movie night coming up. And it's a double film screaming at the Toast Collective this Thursday, May 31st. And if you don't know Girls Rock Camp, it is... A camp that allows young girls, I forget the actual age range, to basically meet, learn how to play instruments, learn how to form bands and write some music and then perform a showcase at the end. So this fundraiser kicks off doors open at 7.30 p.m. and the first movie screens at 8 p.m. with admission of anywhere from 5 to $10 with all spree proceeds heading to the Girls Rock Band Camp. Um, no, Girls Rock Camp Vancouver. Rock Camp, not Band Camp. They eventually will appear on Bandcamp. Uh, there'll be drinks, popcorn, and other snacks for sale, but bring your own comfy chair, blanket, and pillow if you want. And the two films line up nicely with the overall theme with regards to a girls' rock camp, because it's two films about girls from rock bands. One's from Sweden. The Arbast, otherwise known as We Are the Best, uh, came out a few years ago about three young misfit girls in the early 80s of Stockholm forming a band. 
And then one that has some Vancouver roots, going back to 1981. Ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains, featuring Diane Lane and Laura Dern, about uh, some new wave kids getting roped up in the music industry and then sort of taking charge from things there. One of the songs from The Fabulous Stains was written by the two less famous members of the Sex Pistols. They also appear in the film in a band with Paul Simonon of The Clash and actor Way Winstone. At some point, I need to dig up the soundtrack proper, but this cover of one of the songs from it is always in my playlists. Going down to Portland uh, off the 2003 compilation Dirt Nap Across the Northwest, this will be the epoxies. We'll join the professionals. Radio show. 
food fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, serving sweet treats from the pop underground. Thursdays, noon to one. Listen to Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you.
from their latest album, Always Ascending. That was Scotland's Franz Ferdinand with a song in honor of Lois Lane. Hopefully you caught them in tour since they were performing and they've been hitting the West Coast as of late. I forget exactly when they played here in Vancouver, but it ties in what we'll be talking about shortly here on the show. First off, though, in the background, this is legendary Toronto trombonist Mel Kaufman of his 1970 album Moe's Curried Soul, which, if you're curious and you're a CBC fan, you can find the old As It Happens theme on there. This is their take on Donovan's Sunshine Superman. Joining Mo Kaufman, guitar, it's Lenny Bro. And everything else I have listed here is not cited properly, but strings and horns arranged by Rick Wilkins. I'll dig up some more Mo Kaufman in a future show. Now let's talk about some of the soundtracks that are out over the past couple weeks, since I did miss last week. Uh, watch out, we got a list here, we'll try to make this engaging. As new releases go, the big one probably is Solo, a Star Wars story. Two pieces written by John Williams, and then the rest of the score adapted, if not composed, by John Powell. So through Walt Disney Records, expect a profile soon. Along with some other ephemera, not only tied to Star Wars, but Han Solo himself. Otherwise, uh, Ian Holtquist and Sophia Holtquist provided the music for the gospel, according to Andre, and that's out through Little Twig Records. We've been catching up with the most recent Star Trek TV series, Discovery. The music from Season 1, Chapter 2 by Jeff Russo is out through Lakeshore Records. And then there's uh, Ramin Jawadi with the single Akane no Mai from HBO's Season 2 of Westworld. Breath. Soundtrack by Hera Grixon Williams is out through Film Tracks. Nathan Whitehead provided music for Delirium. That's out through Backlog Music. We're into the video games Far Cry 5 Hours of Darkness. Score by Andrew Gorton McPherson and Wade McNeil's out through Ubisoft Records. Niall Byrne provided the score to In Darkness. That's out through Sony Classical. Amelia Warner's music from Mary Shelley. Story about Frankenstein's author going back 200 years in time. It was written. Uh, score is out through Decca Records. And then Joe Hisashi, great Japanese composer we associate with Studio Ghibli. His score to What a Wonderful Family, a three, My Wife, My Life. It's out through Universal Japan. As re releases go, uh, there's a limited expanded edition of 1,000 units of uh, Federico Fellini's Il Casanova. Music by Nino Rota. That is out through Music Box Records. I could define that a little bit more. Federico Fellini's Il Casanova, scored by Nino Rota. There we go. On the French tip, uh, Michel Colombier and Serge Gainsbourg's music from La Pasha comes out. Jeff Russo's score from season two of Legion is out through Lakeshore Records. And then the original cast album marking the 75th anniversary of Oscar Hammerstein II and Richard Rogers' musical, Oklahoma. Okay, that's out through Verve Music. All right, let's get into Superman here. And there's been various film and TV productions over the years based on the comic strip written by oh god I lost it Joe Siegel 
another guy. I wrote this somewhere. It is not in an obvious place for me, but... Anyways, there's been things that have existed as short films, TV series for a while, but the 1978 film by Richard Donner is probably what we most associate with the man of steel who can leap over buildings in a single bound. Except uh, he, they made him a flyer because no one wanted to actually make this a jet special effects for jumping up and down. It's like, yeah, just put the man in the sky. Away he goes. Uh, Donner's version starred Christopher Reeve in his breakout role as Clark Kent. And then that guy from Krypton. Then there's Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, Ned Beatty, Glenn Ford, and Margot Kidder. And we'll talk a little bit more about Kidder later. As a child is set to Earth from his home planet before it gets destroyed, he's raised by farmers in Iowa, as his superpowers are apparent, goes into isolation to hone his skills, and he becomes a newspaper reporter, working under the alias of a dorky guy. Kidder was born in Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, 1948, and she began her career acting in low-budget Canadian TV shows and film. She appeared on Vocek, The Night Stalker, their early slasher flick, Black Christmas, and as her profile grew, she starred in Brian De Palma's Sisters and The Great Waldo Pepper with Robert Redford. Jerry Goldsmith, who scored Donner's The Omen, originally was set to compose Superman, but... Uh, and you actually hear parts of his score from Capricorn 1 in the teaser trailer, but he dropped out after scheduling conflicts. So John Williams was hired. Of course, he did Star Wars, the first one, in 1977. That's the official title. Don't listen to that New Hope stuff. No. And Williams conducted the London Symphony Orchestra to record the soundtrack, and uh, the music was one of the last pieces to fall into place. And uh, one of the things that Williams liked about Superman is it did not take itself too seriously. It had a theatrical camp feel to it which is something you cannot say about the recent Superman films at all. Musically, the Superman theme involves a lot of fourths and fifths, perfect intervals as they were, uh, outlining the heroic nature of the Man of Steel, and uh, the director was so excited that he ruined the first take of the recording by just screaming how excited he was to hear everything. So feel free to feel that way, especially if you're not anywhere near the station. But uh, let's get some John Williams here for you. In honor of Margot Kidder going back to 1978, of course, we have to start off with the prelude and the main title march. This is Exploding Head Movies, live from Krypton.
Can you read my mind? Do you know what it is that you do to me? I don't know who you are. Just a friend from another star. Here I am, like a kid out of school, holding hands with a god. I'm a fool. Well, you look at me, quivering, like a little girl, shivering. You can see right through me. Picture the things I'm thinking of. Wondering why you are all the wonderful things you are. You can fly. You belong in the sky. You and I could belong to each other. Need a friend. I'm the one to fly to. If you need to be loved, here I am. Read my mind. So, from 1978, score to Superman, we heard John Williams there first off with the prelude. And the main title march, we heard an excerpt of the love theme. Then we heard the flying sequence. And then, can you read my mind? Behind me, this is the Fortress of Solitude. Marco Kidder was actually originally supposed to sing Can You Read My Mind? With lyrics written by Leslie Bercuse, but director Richard Bonner disliked it and changed it into the spoken word that we heard there. However, Maureen McGovern recorded the single Can You Read My Mind and in 1979, although it didn't appear on the film soundtrack, it became a mid-chart hit on the Billboard Hot 100, spending three weeks at number five on the U.S. Adult Contemporary Chart. Superman was nominated for three Academy Awards, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score, and Best Sound. Williams lost to Georgie Moroder in his soundtrack to Midnight Express, which is something I really should definitely profile at some point. The other two categories went with the main winner that year for the Oscars, The Deer Hunter. 
Superman did receive a Special Achievement Academy Award for its visual effects. There are three sequels, including one that was shot primarily at the same time as the first Superman. Remember Neil before Zod? And Kidder appeared each time as Lois Lane, though as the budgets were lowered, producers interfered more, and the story quality suffered, her appearances were less important. Otherwise, she was quite active as a staunch political activist, fighting against uh, the Iraqi wars and the Keystone Pipelines in Montana, where she lived her life. She dated former Prime Minister and Justin's dad, Pierre Trudeau, along with Richard Pryor. She was married three times. And uh, one of the big things that she was known for was an advocate for bipolar disorder after a public manic episode in 1996. After she lost three years of work on her autobiography when her laptop was infected with a virus, and she spent four days wandering Hollywood. Kidder died in her sleep on May 13th this year at her home in Livingston, Montana. She was 69 years old. That's going to be it for Exploding Head Movies this week. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it is the Jazz Show with Gavin Walker. He's back after Victoria Daybreak. We're well rested. And hopefully he'll make more sense than me. Next week, it's June. Already? And what are we looking at? John Carpenter's Dark Star. Talked about Han Solo. All versions of The Handsmaid Tale or Handmaiden and things like that. We'll figure it out. Maybe the local act humans and their music from Deadshack. We'll figure it out. Otherwise, we'll close with one last Superman-related song that also came out in 1978. Jackie Chalard. This is re-released in 2010 to the Cash Cash label on 12-inch. Here's the extended version of Jackie Chalard's Superman. Super cool. You've been listening to the super cool Exploding Head Movies experience here on CITR. 1.9 FM, Vancouver.
You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker coming right up right now. <laughs> 